welcome along to the Zersnet podcast, the totally free and independent Rangers show made by fans for fans, where all of our content is absolutely free. And if the podcast isn't enough for you, then please do head over to our website at www.jersnet.co.uk and find a whole host of great content there as well, including a very friendly discussion forum, plenty of articles, match previews, uh, as well as a very informative history archive. Please do head over and check that out. Uh, it's a sort of midweek preview show. We're here to talk about the uh, the Bronby away game tomorrow in the Europa League. But as always, the podcast will go out um, on, a, on a Sunday evening. We have our, our main flagship show that's live on the Jersnet YouTube channel. And then the, the, the show will also then be released on a Monday morning. And that's wherever you get your podcast from, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, CastBox, Stitcher, and also on Spotify. Uh, as I say, we're here to, to take a wee look at the Bronby game tomorrow. And I am joined by our bastion of European knowledge, uh, a warm, very, very warm welcome back to Alec Anderson. Alec, I noticed yesterday you uh, you put a picture on Twitter of you uh, at uh, a football game in Bergamo, Atalanta, in, in 1996. And uh, I have to ask where the hair went. I know. I'm a, what, what a hairy man. <laughs> what would I given David Wren a run for his money? Absolutely. Um, I have to correct you. It was actually 1999. In 1996, you couldn't see my face for hair. Uh, Ross, I was just like you know, an Ewok, but um, I it was um, yeah, it was it was that was a great day. Um, my sister-in-law teaches, you know, at that time she taught um, English in Italy in Bergamo, and uh, her boyfriend at the time, a local chap, he was a, a, an Atalanta ultra, um, and it was just they took us along, myself and my my future wife, um, and we had an absolutely uh, that, that's. The sister, I didn't actually marry my sister-in-law. Anyway, um, it's complicated, but uh, I it was it was a fantastic. They beat Hellas Verona three-two in a, a promotion game, you know. And I got to do that thing um, where you you run down, you see it on the continent where they all pile down the front, the front right. few benches. And that was nineteen ninety-nine. Was probably the last year that I could I could do that without uh, breaking both legs. Excellent. Because that was Serie B at the time, wasn't it? A second it tier was. in Italy. And am I right in saying that they've, they've been in that stadium since sort of the 1920s or something, haven't they? What's that uh, that infrastructure like? I it was. Oh, I think they really just kind of um, slapped some seats on top of it and slapped a bit of extra roofing uh, and a whole lot of cladding. That it took me taking an awful long time to get that done. Um, I've not been since the since the since they redone it. They've certainly redone the team. They're, they're going yeah. they're going strong. But uh, it was a lovely old um, just a, it was Stadio Comunale at that time. It was a typical kind of typical kind of uh, Italian ball with a pre-stressed concrete cantilever stand. And I'm going to start talking about this far too much, so you better move on, mate. It was no, lovely. no, that's uh, that, that's my kind of conversation. Um, let's say, Alec, we're here to to look ahead to tomorrow night's game against Bronby as we come into the the second round of fixtures in the Europa League group, but. I think it, it wouldn't be right today to to go ahead without mentioning that obviously today was the the funeral of Walter Smith after a, a really really difficult couple of weeks. Um, I know that some some representatives from the the club were were present at the funeral. I think we've probably all seen the pictures and the images from from outside uh, outside Ibrox as thousands of people sort of came to to say their goodbyes to not just a club legend, arguably the club legend of, of Rangers of the last half decade, probably. Um, a very sort of sad and poignant and um, and sombre day for, for Rangers fans everywhere. What are your your reflections on today? Oh, it's just um, it's quite difficult. It's quite difficult to to sum it up um, in, in in any kind of uh, brief way. Uh, in any way that maybe anything approaching the style that Walter would sum things up. Um, I we're, we're here. We're looking forward to a great European game and. 
oh, all these these books behind me, um, Ross. There's one of them that's that's over forty years old, and uh, I got my dad to buy me it when I was like you know ten. Is the Encyclopedia of World Football, Marshall Cavendish Encyclopedia of World Football, and it's because I've been to my cousins. My cousin Joe, he's only he's only like eleven months younger than me. And I've been to a birthday party uh, up at his, and I noticed they had these football pennants, the same as I had in my wall, but they were kind of strange, they were, they were different, they were green and white, and uh, they were different, slightly different, and they had one of them had this this big ugly cup on it, you know, with big handles, and it this thing's at nine in a row, and I was like, what is, what is that? So he, he told me, and I thought, I've got to find this, can't it be true? And I was going through this Marshall and Cavendish Encyclopedia of All Football, trying to find any other club in the world that had won 10 league titles in a row because my cousin Joe was telling me Celtic, it was a world record. Um, and I used to, I was going through Hungary and all that. They did teams that had done it maybe eight times in a row, but then the Warriors had brought it. It was desperate. And I would see these pictures of Rangers in 1972. I was only, you know, I was only a baby at the time in 72, so I didn't remember that. And I thought that looks, to see Rangers in a European final would be, would be absolutely amazing. You know, to see us win the European Cup would be amazing. And um, Walter Smith, basically made all my boyhood dreams come true. He, he got as closer than any other manager has ever got us to winning that big that big trophy with the big ears. Um, he got his a, a goal away for the final. He took that record off Celtic. It's our record now too. You know, he made it a Rangers record. Nine there was a thing Rangers fans can talk about uh, with pride. And he got me to that, that dream I always had. He, he got me down to Manchester and he got me into a European final. And I watched my team. I love my European finals. I'm obsessed by them. Um, I think it's because I grew up <laughs> just knowing that that's where Rangers should be. And uh, we go into this game tomorrow night with a reputation as one of the biggest clubs in Europe and a team that's always been at the top table. Um, and that's all down to Walter Smith. He just made he made all that happen, and it's not just the way he made it happen. It, it, it's it's the the manner he conducted himself, and I think that's what everybody's been talking about this week. I'm just going to say one more thing. I think you 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 go out you, you out your way to say the right thing at a time a time like this. We always the first thing we'll say is you know our thoughts are with the family, and they and they really are. And I think it's because well we know we know about Alex Gerrard, you know, because of the the Instagram age and what have you, and um. Well, that's a, a, that's something you see in social media these days. But I don't remember ever knowing a Rangers manager's wife's name, you know. And I, I wouldn't know until Walter Smith. And I wouldn't know Ethel Smith if I saw her on the street. But we all knew that Walter was going home to Ethel, and she must be amazing because we were going to the iBooks and we knew the pressure that was coming from ourselves, never mind from across the city, to achieve nine in a row. And um you think, yeah, we are, we genuinely are feeling for his family, and the other thing is that immediately follows hard on that is you think, no, Walter was family. Um, for all Rangers supporters around the world, it's the way he conducted himself, um, the trophies that he brought us, and the fact that the, he embodied everything, particularly people in my generation, um, thought Rangers should be was winning with dignity and losing with dignity. And just generally being class, he 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 was a part of the family. He's only twenty years older than me, Walter Smith, and he should have been in that director's box at Ibrox for the next 10, 20 years. Like I used to see Sir Matt Busby at Man United, and the camera should be focusing in on him every time he was having a massive result. He should be focusing in the director's box, and we could get to see Walter and feel great. Um, but I'm just glad he got a good ten years or so to to be with his grandkids and to reflect 
and the success that you brought us because um, all our lives are so much richer um, with Walter Smith um, so much poorer without him. Yeah, and it's it, it's the fact that every generation of Rangers fan has the same connection to Walter Smith, has, has such an emotional tie to that. I mean, for, for me, it was that was the guy when I was growing up. I first discovered football. It was it was Walter, and but so much has been has been said about that man and 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 what he brought to Rangers. And you know, you can look at it. There's very few people could pass away and, and nobody have anything negative to say. Certainly in the age of social media. Um, it's it's that's obviously been quite uh, quite eye opening. Was just how how admired he was. It's easy to sort of say, oh, across the divide in Glasgow, but put that to one side. You know, you've had people from all over the world talking about this guy and what he did. And there's certain things that you can you can point at that in 2008, Derby County were relegated from the Premier League in England with the lowest points ever. And in the same year, with a budget of five million pounds less than Derby, Walter got us to a European final. Aye. Or that, you know, the, the longevity of service and, and, and time that he gave to this football club, he won, he won 10 titles, 10. Right. You know, Rangers, Rangers have, have five stars on the badge for, for 50 trophies. Walter is one of those stars. And there's, there's right. you know, uh, that's, it's just the most incredible achievement. It's, uh, it's incredible. It's a, a really sad day, but I think actually the Rangers family conducted ourselves incredibly well in terms of, a reflection today, a celebration today, and, and uh, the ability to look back over these last week or so at the memories that we've all had. And I think the, the vast majority of, of, of Rangers fans alive today, we haven't known success like we knew in that nine in a row period. That's, no, that's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's a beautiful way of putting it, Ross. He is, he is one of those stars. And, you know, I just I just hope we, uh, we did him proud. Um, today and in the last few days because he always always did us proud. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, like we say, almost an unmatched record in Europe, an incredible record in Europe. Um, and I think that some of that kind of grit and determination is probably needed in this uh, this European campaign as we haven't obviously haven't got ourselves off to the, to the best of starts. So if we turn our attention to, to Bromby tomorrow, um, I'm sure you've seen this evening the, the images and the videos of the Rangers fans out in, in Copenhagen, um, which looks like uh, an absolutely incredible party to, to, to be at. Um, we beat Copenhagen, we beat Bromby, sorry, two weeks ago, 2-0 at home, relatively comfortable. Um, certainly the, the, the most comfortable game we've faced in the group stages so far this year. Um, what did we what did we learn about Bromby, about their style of play and uh, and the threat that they pose? Um, it looked fairly one-dimensional, Ross. That's and there's, there's always there's a great danger in that. Um, you know, you can underestimate them. Apparently, they're you know the stadium that they, they play in. They can create quite the atmosphere in the place. It's, it's quite well renowned. It's the best atmosphere in in Denmark, um, by all accounts. So you don't want to start underestimating them. But what we saw last week, I, I thought, was a quite quite a one-dimensional team. Um, we had a great. Uh, on Jersey, there was a, a, a Danish chap gave us a great article um, on Brooklyn. What's the chap's name? I've got it written down. I'm scared of mispronounce it. Asbjorn Moller. And I'm sorry if that's wrong, but it was a, a lovely article by Asbjorn. And he basically, everything he said came true. And he said uh, they would just be reduced really to, to long balls forward, um, occasionally getting down the flanks. And the one chance that they had against us came from what he thought would be their, main, their two best players or their two strikers. 
Um, and I think he says that they don't really get the service and they did kind of work the chance themselves between between the two of them. Rangers looking a bit, uh, a bit kind of poor at the time, a bit kind of sleepy at the back uh, to, to let uh, Mikhail Ura get in and uh, Pavlovich, you know, the Czech his name, he just put it over the bar. But that was it. That was the one chance. And um, we fairly destroyed them at that corner. Um, Big Balligan took about three of them with him uh, as, he, as, he, as he put the ball in the back of the net. And we get in about them quite easily uh, for the second goal. Joe Aribo, as we know, took him to pieces generally all over the park that night. Should have had a penalty. Or two nothing up in half an hour. Alfie hits the post. It was. It looked very comfortable. And I, the only thing I would say, you, you, I say you don't want to underestimate a team. Things can change quite rapidly away from home. Teams can be very different away from home. But with Rangers in Europe, it's never. There's never really any great disparity between. Well, under Stephen Gerrard, I mean, there's never really any great disparity between the home and the away results. You know, if we generally, you know, there's a kind of, you know, if, if we draw away from home, your team, we could, we'll, we'll beat them at home. You know, if we, you know, Bayer Leverkusen beat us home and away, we beat Braga home and away. There's this, there's no great disparity between the home and away performances from Stephen Gerrard's Rangers, even this season, losing both games 2-1 to Malmo. So I'm hopeful we can do the same again tomorrow. It's a really interesting point, actually. I'm just sort of racking my brains now going back through the last few years of group stage football. And the one game that I can think of where is that disparity is um, Rapid Vienna. We've you know, done them 2-1 at home and then, and then lost over there in a, in a kind of crunch tie. Um, you make a good point about the atmosphere. I, I work with a, a Bromby season ticket holder and he says that that's what we need to be afraid of is uh, a hostile and intimidating atmosphere. Does that, does that make you nervous at all? Uh, probably if I was in it, probably, but I'll, I'll be safely uh, on the couch, um, wrecking the living room uh, in Glasgow. But I know I. You think about when we played fight. I mean, that final Decoip, um in Rotterdam, one of the most fearsome atmospheres in Europe. You know, properly, you know, properly intimidating. Um, and Rangers loved it. I think this Rangers team enjoys. You know, look at the, the last time we went to Parkhead, we had full crowd in it. You know. We even got they even got their penalty and we still managed to beat them. You know, it was I think they actually enjoy that kind of thing. I think this this, this Rangers team aren't in any way intimidated by a big atmosphere. It's all about what the opposition can do. The, 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 the main thing you have to fear is if it inspires Bronby to, to greater heights. And obviously they're kind of last chance saloon. Um they've got to go for it. I don't know what their priority is going to be. They're 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 mid literally mid-table, they're they're sixth. And there's a cut off the same as our own league. Well, it happens a different way, but they, they split. At the halfway point in Denmark, so they are they're basically it's a twelve team table, same as ours. Um, so they're just they're closer to like third place points wise um, than they are to seventh place. But um, as reigning champions, it's probably a bit embarrassing for them to be in that domestic situation. They're slowly turning it round, um, but this they'll maybe want to prioritise the league. Maybe maybe they maybe cutting their losses, but you're playing a team at home in front of their own fans. They're always going to be always going to be giving it their best. Um, but I think we should be. I hope we can take advantage of them coming out as a bit more than did at Ibrox. Yeah, that's that's the thing is that they are they're in a hole now in this in this group. Um, yeah. just they're sitting on on one point, and uh, the way it's shaping up is that Leon might be runaway leaders, and it's between between us and Sparta. So um, they do need to to make an attempt to win this game, which they didn't particularly do in Glasgow. That being said. There's an argument to say that we have struggled actually this season, funnily enough, when, when teams have pressed us and teams have been aggressive, certainly the first sort of 15, 20 minutes of games. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I think that they'll be fitter than a mother will, for example, who um, 
who certainly tried to press and, and, and couldn't keep up. Same with St Mirren. Um, I thought St Mirren a couple of weeks back, they they came out aggressive in the first 15-20 and, and then tired. I don't think Bromby will tire, um, but it will be interesting to see if we can exploit some spaces, which I thought we managed to do pretty well, actually, all things considered, in, in Glasgow. Um, that brings us on to how we set up and how Rangers approach this game now. It's not every week that we win 6-1, um, certainly not this season, and we haven't been as dominant as we could have been. Um, that said, Morelos and Roof have had excellent goal-scoring records in Europe. Fashion Sakala doesn't so far, admittedly, with, with limited opportunity to, to get one. How would you set this game up ahead of uh, ahead of tomorrow night? Yeah, I would just go with Sunday's team. I right. really would. Um, and there's, I, I think there's absolutely no way Stephen Gerrard will. Even if, um, you know, um, Glenn Kamara is available, uh, having a little doubt, or maybe Ryan Kent's possibly going to come back. He's travelled with the squad, which was great news. Um, I, I would go uh, with the team we played on Sunday. Motherwell drew with us at Ibrox, you know, and Ron B lost 2-0 at Ibrox. So, strictly speaking, I think that means what, if we don't win, you know, by six or seven tomorrow, no, Gerrard should just pack his bags and, you know, We'll get Steve Bruce in. That's it. No, I mean, I, I, I think, um, who knows what goes on in Michael Beale's beautiful mind, but um, he's done all right by us. I think we've got 25 games in the Europa League under Stephen Gerrard and, you know, we've lost five of them away games. So, you know, we've lost five away games out of 25, a fifth of our away games um, in the Europa League, which is actually quite incredible. Um, so they have my... Uh, utmost trust but I think I'm glad we had the situation in, in, in Sparta Prague for you know uh, Bassi was having to play centre half which is kind of now we've, we've decided I think Colin was alluding to that the other, in the last pod that's kind of it's almost kind of unfair on Bassi mm-hmm. he just shouldn't be playing in there um, and with Sakala and Bakuna um, kind of starting that night as well you know that maybe that's a bit unfair to have guys who are still ble- you know kind of working their way into the squad they're working their way into the team to be, to be starting a game at such high pressure um, it reminded me in that respect a bit of a St Mirren in the League Cup uh, last season. Um, we just, I think, we just won too many kind of newish guys uh, starting that night. Um, so it's great that Sakala has arrived finally. We are buying a. I've just I, most other Rangers fans uh, probably the same, but it was. I think it was just at that point where I'd actually put out a tweet on Sunday saying I just don't think it's working with Sakala. <laughs> that he shoved it right down my throat and it was absolutely glorious. Um, and what I find quite interesting is the fact that it's, it's, well, his first goal obviously comes, you know, bang right through the middle, mm-hmm. uh, flying header uh, against Motherwell, you know, and I kinda, it was a repeat of, it was against St Mirren, he had the same kind of chance against St Mirren and he just completely missed the ball. It was all, even right down to the the stand behind the goal, being about the exact same size, it was a, it was a repeat and it was like, no, now, I'm, now I know what I'm doing, you yeah. know. Um, but it was a way he like, absolutely destroyed Stephen O'Donnell in a, in a way that I found quite in, enjoyable. I know Stephen's got enough on his plate, you know, worrying about the state of Scottish football when teams are allowed to run away with the league, you know, by 20 odd points. It's, he takes that badly. Uh, so I think that's why he probably he just he sparked the dummy in the second half and uh, Sakala just owned him, you know, totally bossed him. It was his physicality was something I hadn't really thought about with Sakala and the way he's, he's, he's kind of off the centre. As well, he's out, he's kind of out to the left, coming in. It worked an absolute treat. Is a, is a revelation? Is it just a flash? Is it just a, a one-off, a freak? Perhaps, but I don't see 
Bronby away as being the kind of game he's going to be scared of. I don't see it. I don't see it being a game where we should be maybe just kind of being a bit more conservative up front. I think we should just go for it again. Um, we get a point, but we're, we're guaranteed Conference League football, you know, which we probably don't really want. Um, but we win this game, we're, we're really back in the running to to yeah. get qualifying for the, the next round of the Europa League. So for me, I would, I would just go with the, the exact same team. The, the experience is in there. There's plenty of security. There's plenty of common sense, you know, barring any kind of, you know, more defensive mishaps. Um, let's see if they are on a roll. Let's see if that wasn't exposed. I have, I have a funny feeling, I think Ian Duff was talking about this on Sunday, I have a funny feeling we might just settle back into a routine of kind of close wins and maybe the odd draw. Um, I still think we'll be champions by the end of the season in the league. Um, but it'd be nice to know if maybe this is a, a run of really hot form and mm-hmm. we should we should just try it. Absolutely, absolutely. It's funny you say that Stephen Gerrard has lost five games in Europe since he said that. I've been, uh, as you were talking there, trying to think of who the who the five game five away games in Europe that we lost to. Can you can you name those teams? Uh, well, Rapid Vienna, you've already named Vienna, um, yeah. Spartak Moscow, and yeah. again that was like a dull nil nil at Ibrox, and then just the odd goal that was insane, you know. But it ends yeah. up. It should have been a goal, a perfectly good goal disallowed. Aren't they? That was um, that was my first European away trip. That was oh, that's tasty. That's that one is a long way to go to watch. Us it is, at least, at least you saw a lot of goals. We saw a lot of goals. It's the kind of thing a mum or a girlfriend makes it. Yeah, mum or a girlfriend is not interested in football, you know. Aye, that was that was a hell of a night. Aye, so Spartak Moscow, Rapid Vienna, Bayer Leverkusen, obviously that's kind of that kind of disappeared um, amongst the, the COVID protocols. Sparta Prague uh, this season and who else? Who else? I have a funny feeling it's another. Oh, there was somebody screaming this, screaming at the screen just now. There's definitely oh oh young boys burn, young boys burn. Aye, uh, that was a, that was a last minute job. And again, we won the the, the last minute equalised against us at Ibrox. You know, it's just so it's yeah. it's that kind of that kind of situation. Strange one, strange one. Um, you mentioned briefly Ryan Kent has travelled with the squad. Um, do you think that we'll be getting to see him tomorrow night and uh, what kind of impact do you think he can, he can have in returning to the team? Ah, oh, fantastic. I think it's lovely to be in that situation. I think Stephen Gerrard has been asked this today. You're thinking, well, how are you going to fit? You know, the, the front three we started with on in, in Sunday is so good. How are you going to fit in Ryan Kent? But it's, as we know only too well, Injuries and suspensions quickly pile up, and suddenly you're, you're you're short of players. So it's absolutely fantastic just to have him back on the mend. I think you would think he's he's only going to start him. He's only going to bring him on as a substitute if he's coming if he's coming back from injury. But you know he's, he's being assessed uh, by the train by the the team at Ibrox. So you know maybe if he's fully fit, if they think he's ready to go, they might put him in there as a more secure option. Because I think Stephen Gerrard, Michael Beale, the whole team, they trust him. They, they clearly trust Ryan Kent. To the point of frustrating some other Rangers fans who maybe can't see exactly what Kent does tactically and in terms of work rate, you know, he does a lot of great stuff off the ball. And uh, as we know only too well, this team's defending really does start at the front, uh, this Rangers team. Uh, so Ryan Kent is crucial to that, but I would just like to give Sakala another go tomorrow night. There's no danger that Ryan Kent's ever going to be left out of the team for any kind of length of time. Um, but I'd be quite happy to see Kent on the bench and maybe make an appearance later on. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. I think I'm right in saying that when we the season that we signed Ryan Kent permanently, we had him on loan, then he came in the next year permanently, and he was recovering from an injury. And I think we rushed him back, and he was it might have been a game against Hearts, maybe, and he got taken off after about 20 minutes, and again we we missed him for the next six or eight weeks or something. So 
Um, this is not the game to, to rush him back, certainly not when a front three at the weekend scored six it's, goals. It's, it's funny, Adam, um, when, he was first, when he was first there, there was a, a period, him and Morelis together, working together, were just were unplayable. And I thought, as long as those two are playing, we will beat anybody. And then he went a bit off the boil and Alfie's had a few, you know, a few mood swings here and there. Um, but they're always two good. If you've got Kent in there and you've got Morelis in front of him, I always, I always feel we could beat anybody uh, yeah. on my days. It's, it's great to have him back, Ross. It is. It is. But even, you know, what we're talking about here is lining up tomorrow with a bench of Ryan Kent, Yanis Hachi, Kamar Roof, three guys who have um, absolutely, I mean, certainly Hachi and Roof, the way that they've done the business in Europe the last two seasons is oh, it's a, it's a monumental bench. Fantastic. And that's what I'm talking about. There's no way I, I would, I personally would go with, with, with Sunday's team. Um, but unfortunately, despite all the letters I've sent to them, I'm not the Rangers manager. Right. Um, and I don't think, I think there's a good reason that likes of Roof and Hadji were on the bench on Sunday. There seems to be a real determination um, this season, not just through the injuries that we've had um, and the suspensions we've had this season, but there just seems to be a real, a real determination to properly rotate the team. Yeah. Um, sometimes, sometimes to the point of confusing the Rangers support as to what you know Stevie G's up to, but and and Stevie G we trust. Absolutely. Um, but they really are. They, they they really seem determined to get guys off the park as soon as the game looks to be won. And it's what they're doing it in Europe with respect to the forthcoming league game as much as they're doing it the other way around. You know, so I I would I, I would be really surprised if we do go with the same team. Sunday, I think you can maybe see Hadji in there um, yeah. and maybe Roof. You know. Absolutely. Um, now, obviously, uh, like I say, we're, we're starting the second round of fixtures now. Rangers got off to a very, very slow start losing their first two games before we get that 2 0 win at Ibrox in the third game against Bromby. Um, I, I think I'm right in saying that puts us, uh, you've got Leon on uh, Leon on nine points at the top of the league. Um, ourselves, uh, Sparta are on four, having beaten us and drawn against Bromby. We're on three, Bromby on, on on just the one. It probably goes without saying, we want Leon to do the business tomorrow night against Sparta Prague. Let them be the runaway winners of the of, of the group. But how important is our result tomorrow in terms of our, our progress of getting out of this group? Is it are we again still in in, in must win territory tomorrow? No, I don't. I, I, um, well, yeah, I think I think I think in terms of uh, progressing. In the Europa League, yeah, get getting in the groups. What you're asking, um, yeah, I think we should we need to win tomorrow to, to make that easier on ourselves because it does it, it never runs smoothly. There's always a surprise result here and there. You never get the kind of you know guarantee or we're guaranteed that Leon are going to win tomorrow night or when they, when they go to Bromby. Leon are already, are already taking their foot off the gas. I mean, they were playing with the handbrake on when they played Rangers at Ibrox. That that was that was down to us, aren't they? And this is the. The strange thing for me, I don't know what Rangers' attitude is to Europe this season. Because that's been, I've harped har- on about this before uh, on the blog, it seems as if Steven Gerrard was doing everything backwards. He was, you know, he said to win the League Cup, but then the following season the Scottish Cup, then win, the, then win 55 and then go for Europe. He seems to, he starts with Europe, you know, and he's went for it. And it's like, it's. I know of injuries, I know of suspensions, I keep going about this. There's players, obviously, with their heads being turned by possible transfers. But it just seems like they, 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 maybe when we went out to Malmo, even the way we went out to Malmo in the Champions League, it's like it's not the priority it was last season. 55 seems to have kind of turned us round a bit. And it's like we're, we're kind of getting Europe's not the priority it was. Maybe it's because it's just the Europa League again, the expected Champions League. But I don't see the impetus this season. I don't see the, the kind of all out determination. Rangers really took it you know, to the next level in the past three seasons in Europe. 
especially against the bigger teams. And, and Leon, I think, was the first real indication after the, the horrible two games against Alashkert. You know, it's horrible, horrible, horrible matches. Um, the Leon game was the first indication we didn't have that intensity that we perhaps had. I don't know, maybe that'll come back on Sunday. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll be all out. Maybe we're able again to go to Leon and get our, our third win in our history at Leon at the end. But I just, like yourself, mate, I, I don't see it. Um, so I would li- I'd like us to win tomorrow night. It was the greatest opportunity to win, uh, t- to get another three points. We'll be tomorrow night. Sparta Prague at Ibrox, I think, will be harder than Bronby and, and Bronby. So, yeah, we've got to go for it. If we want to get through, I'm not, I'm just not, I'm just not convinced that their hearts are in it. I think they're seeing the league now and the Champions League is the same thing. We win this season's, um, SPFL Premiership. We're in the Champions League next season. And I think I think that's what their, what their mind is, you know. But I I just want us to win tomorrow night. Yeah, I I think you're right. I mean, it's it's hard to get into the mind of a of a football player and, and certainly the football manager. But you could see that, couldn't you? You could see it working out that way that they go well. Actually, if we win the league this year, you've got the Champions League next year. And if I'm Stephen Gerrard, I'm going. And I've got a lot of money to spend on the transfers as well because that's twenty five thirty million pounds in the bank. So. Exactly. I mean, look, we're very much kind of inferring what might be going on in in the collective mind of the of the players and the managers. But listen, listen, if it was if it was up to me, I would just uh, drop us down. I was deliberately dropped down into Conference League just to have a chance of winning a European trophy. You know, but even then, you could end up playing, you know, Roma or Spurs. Spurs yeah. You know, now that they've got a new manager, they might do something decent. You know, it's it's uh, it's a gamble, and the, the the way the way it works out this season, where you've got to play teams. You know, even if you finish second, you've got to play a team that drops down uh, from the Champions League. You can end up getting Barcelona or Manchester United, which might just be just worth it. You know, it's, it's got to the point where actually winning this Europa League group doesn't really interest me anymore. You know, he says, knowing that full well that Leon are going to win it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, you say it doesn't really interest me anymore, but it'll be furious if we don't win tomorrow night. Absolutely raging. Like, um, through the telly. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Alec, one final thing I'd like to talk about. Um, I say I said earlier, we've seen the videos of, of Rangers fans in Copenhagen tonight having a, an incredible time. We take numbers wherever we go. Like I say my first away game was, was Moscow. And uh, I remember being in the Union Jack pub in, uh, in sort of northern Moscow in, in awe of the number of folk there. Um, that first night, we, we not only did we drink them out of vodka, we drank the bar out of everything, all booze. Um, like I say, we take fans everywhere we go, and it's it's a source of pride. And, and we've had some some amazing European experiences. I know that you've done your, your travels in the past as well. Um, the ticketing situation now for European away games, we've, we've moved away from the travel club uh, and we've gone into the Majors, and um, seems to have upset a lot of folk. We're also not doing in country pickup of tickets as well, so. You could have people on very, very high points in my dears buying tickets to in order in order to keep their points up high, selling them on themselves to people who aren't in my dears or who haven't been travelling for years and years. Like I say, I lived in Luxembourg for a year, very close with the Luxembourg True Blues Supporters Club, all of whom were in prime position to travel all over Europe, and, and they did. Um, mm. Some of them have now been kind of disadvantaged because they got, say, seven my dears points for every travel club point that they got, and it, it doesn't mean anything. So... Um, we aren't going to ever get enough tickets for the demand unless we go somewhere like Ufa that we did a, a few years ago. Then, then that's fine. But um, for fans like like me, I'm I'm struggling to get a Leon ticket. 
I think, um, in, in, in my my dear's points, um, plenty of folks struggled to get Bromby tickets, have bought home end tickets that were then cancelled, so they've travelled over without tickets. Um, it's it's a very difficult situation for the club, but is there is it maybe time for a rethink in how we how we handle this? Yeah, because there's there's so many other hoops to get through uh, before you actually get into a European uh, away ground. I mean, you look at Leon. I was watching uh, their highlights when they they thumped uh, Bromby three nothing. Although Bromby held out until the sixty fourth minute, um, and the whole top tier of that magnificent stadium, um, the whole top tier empty, just closed. You know, there's not. You get that the kind of top five leagues. There's a there's no interest in anything other than the Champions League and their own domestic league title. Um, so they'll have kind of half empty grounds um, for, for for games like this. And you're thinking, I just we'll have twenty thousand want to travel minimal uh, to to a game like that. So give them give them the bloody tickets, especially when I see the likes of the Bronby fans getting so many tickets. Uh, for Ibrox last week and then ruining all my ideas about uh, Danish culture you know, by really, really kicking the shit out of that bit of netting between uh, them and the, the Rangers fans. They <laughs> just sitting there going, what? Are you going to try and attack us? <laughs> Don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, I know it's the, I'm talking about Michael Beale's beautiful mind, but I would be uh, full, I went full Russell Crowe you know, right in my window and all that, um, try, to, try to work out the Majors for this for the semi-final of the League Cup against Hibs. I, I've not signed up to my I'm not involved in Majors, but the email I got, I've just been for years, continual credit card scheme. I, I I've not been going to away games uh, in Europe or, or in Scotland for years. I'm just Ibrox and Hamden every time. Um and I thought that's quite straightforward. Then I got all this Majors pattern. And I suddenly felt like the two boys who, who are in front of me, father and son, uh, who have been doing their nothing uh, all season. About the Majors thing, the, the, the young fella, uh, he he goes to all the away games in Europe, um, and he had all sorts of loyalty points through the travel club you know, I used to be in, and the Majors thing just seemed to kind of scrap that for him. Um, I don't like the principle of just just paying money. It should, for me, old school. I think it's the correct way. The more you travel, the more loyalty points you should get. The more you follow the team, the more you should get access to tickets. But uh, the thing seems confusing. And when you go to Europe, I've been at games in Europe where you could just have turned up and just muscled your way in because the police just huckle you all in to one kind of one kind of general area. They're not interested in checking tickets. Um, and, and I've been to games, Villarreal, shall we say, um, where you'll get batten charged by the police, even if you have a ticket, just because, you know, just because of 1972 probably. Um, no, you, it, it's, it's complicated and uh, kind of random enough getting into European away games without Rangers adding another um, you know, tier of complication to it. And I think the Majors thing really needs a rethink. Yeah, I, I agree. It just, um, I mean, whether it then it needs to go back to the, the in-country pickup, and I don't know if that's the right thing, because I remember doing that in, in Porto a couple of seasons ago. Actually, Porto, another one of those where the, the stadium was half empty. I'm looking around going... This is a huge game, surely, but uh, I'm not interested. Um, but yeah, we did the in-country pickup of tickets in in a village or a sort of hotel function room in in Porto somewhere, and um, that seemed to work okay. Maybe not for for Greg Marshall, who I think had folk who turned up trying to blag tickets. Who, uh, I mean, you're always going to get a, an element of that, I suppose. But where we are now, like I say for Bronby, is people who have. You know, I've gone to every away game for the last however many years, but I'm not in my jersey, and so I've not got a ticket, but I'm going anyway, and I bought a home-end ticket, and that's been cancelled. You will now have thousands of Rangers fans, I suspect, over there without tickets. 
Um, that's not a situation that really serves anyone, does anyone any favours. So, um, yeah, tough one. Not sure what the answer is, but um, honestly, I'd be surprised if we're in the same situation next year. I feel like... I think what the, worst, the worst situation when you're watching these games is when you see empty seats mm-hmm. and there's no... There's just no way. You know that there's so many Rangers fans wanting to be there that there's no way that stadium should be should be empty uh, at all. There should be any empty seats. Um, so there needs to be a way to, to resolve that. But the managers thing, I'm not in it, so I can't comment, you know, 100% uh, kind of accurately on it. But just the general vibe I'm getting is it's it's not working. You know? It's not working. No, I don't think it is. But you get a nice wee welcome pack. I mean, unless, you, unless it never arrives, in which case you don't get anything. That's the situation. I about the kits for Castor. They sometimes don't arrive. That's the thing. That's it. Right. Um, well, we will look forward, obviously, to, to the game tomorrow. 5.45 kickoff um, on, on BT Sport or on Rangers TV, as is uh, as is the norm. Looking at the bookies, Oz Rangers, slight favourites for this one. Um, should should just about squeak the result, according to the bookies. So, um, like I say, 5.45pm tomorrow and Jesnet Podcast will be back on Sunday to look back at the week's action, uh, including the Bromby game and the Ross County game, which is at 3pm at Ibrooks on Sunday. Colin will be back in the hot seats to take you through that one, so please do tune in 9pm uh, on Sunday, or as I say, the podcast will be released on Monday morning, wherever you get your podcast from. A massive thanks, as always, to, to Alec for coming and giving us the benefit of his, his European wisdom. And a big thank you to everyone who's joined us live on the uh, on the YouTube live stream tonight. It's very much appreciated. Please do join us on uh, on Sunday for the main show. And until then, thank you very, very much for listening. Bye for now.